And now a story. I'm going to offer you a fictional story I wrote a while back. It's called A Modern Tale of Love and the Fae. A tale of how a soldier of fortune finally found his one true love. Let me tell you a tale of love and sacrifice. I was once a government soldier who, after several years of doing things for politicians that were only meant to further their careers and not mine, I moved from government service to private for hire. You see, I was a very good shooter. In familiar terms, they call us snipers. This has been popularized in Hollywood, Hollywood for a long time. The real truth is that they're one of the ugliest professions out there. When you, We are sent out to eliminate people, period. If you're a government-sanctioned shooter, you eliminate political targets. If you work in the private sector, you eliminate whoever you're paid to eliminate. No questions asked. The environmental conditions can be some of the harshest you can imagine while you stalk your target and your life is always on the line. The methods employed were largely dictated by the provider of said service, but I preferred the long rifle at a distance. That way I could hide myself from the enemy or private security when taken out of target. I prefer anonymity as much as possible even now into my retirement. I'm an, I am nondescript in looks. I look like the average Joe you would meet in passing on any street or in any Walmart. Someone with no outstanding features that would stick out and help you to remember me you've seen. Something I've worked on very hard at since my early years. That and my heightened instincts have kept me alive all these years, so now I can tell my tale. It is safe now, as anyone who remembers me from my old profession are all long gone by now. The other part of me that I keep to myself and Mother Nature is that I have always had a love for the outdoors and nature in itself. In my former profession, being able to blend into the natural world around me was part of the job. Camouflage comes in many shapes and sizes, and I learned how to use natural world camouflage, whether I was out in the desert, woods, or a cityscape, somewhere to blend in my surrounding to carry out my missions. This ability to blend in was very useful in performing my job, and when I needed to exfiltrate once the mission had been completed. So, enough about me. Once I decided to retire, I knew that I needed a place off the grid to a large degree to be able to gain a sense of peace and tranquility for myself. My decision to retire was based on age and the realization that I, as I had gotten older, my physical abilities weren't as good as I needed them to be to keep me alive anymore. Old injuries and arthritis from my very active lifestyle were catching up with me. I picked a place that was extremely rural and everyone was your neighbor, if you wanted them to be, but largely left you alone to live your life as you choose. I had more than enough money stashed away from my previous life, so paying cash for everything was no issue, and up there no one cared, as a lot of the old-timers did the same. I paid cash for a little house with some acreage to give me a, a sense of separation from the world, but still looking, look like, looking like I could be a good neighbor. Even though I wanted to keep largely to, largely to myself, I knew that if I became a hermit, I would stick out and tongues would wag. That's the other side of living in a rural world with little outside interference, gossip the bane of any would-be hermit's existence. Busybodies with nothing better to do than gossip about anyone who behaves oddly by their standards. That's the last thing I wanted, and as this would not suit my idea of blending in and being someone nobody pays any mind to. I settled into my new world as comfortably as I could without raising any suspicions about my past. Of course, I lied to any and all who asked about what I used to do for a living. Imagine what the local gossipers would do with that revelation. 
As, as life started to become a routine for me, one of the best things I did for myself and the local community was to go hunting and fishing. I donated the majority of my kills to local food banks and fed the hungry type charities and became just another member of the community. I told everyone that asked that I had been an, an entrepreneur that had sold his business and wanted to retire comfortably in the countryside. That seemed to work for the Gospers as no one seemed to question it, probably because I wasn't the first person to move up there over the years with the same template. As long as I didn't make waves and contribute, contribute to the community, I was left alone to pursue any life I wanted. As I've traveled around the region walking through the woods and visiting the lakes and streams in my pursuit of inner peace and tranquility, I started feeling something different about myself. I became more aware of my surroundings in a sixth sense sort of way. As I would, hit, as I would hike the forest trails or lounge around a body of water with my fishing pole, I started to get a sense that I was not exactly alone. I kept getting that feeling that I was being watched. Naturally, being the person that I am, this unnerved me to no end. I started to become paranoid that someone from my past was stalking me. As this feeling kept coming to me whenever I ventured out of the woods, I started carrying a pistol and a long knife with me just in case my instincts panned out. After a while, my sixth sense started tapering off from paranoia to just annoyance. I figured that if someone from my past, that if it was someone from my past, they would have made an aggressive move by now, and all things were quiet except for that nagging feeling that I was being watched whenever I went out of the woods, especially around my house. You see, I purposely bought my house because it sits right on the edge of the woods. Although I have a good view of the road I live on for security reasons, there are vast wooded areas behind the house that I use to escape into whenever I want to get out without being seen. Good for peaceful trail hiking, hunting, and snowmobiling when I want, don't want to drive anywhere, and there are trails throughout that I can take to larger places in the greater woods of the region. Although I have to be careful about the snowmobile, as it isn't exactly a quiet mode of transport. Useful when the snow is so deep you can't get out to the store, or for traveling long distances through the woods when you don't want to be around people, which I don't most of the time. It was during one of these peaceful interludes sitting in my chair in the woods just behind my house that I first heard the whispers. At first I thought it was Brother Wynn whispering through the grass and trees on his way through my woods, but this was something else. The first time I noticed and sensed that it was more than a stray breeze rustling through the leaves, I sat there trying to figure out what I, what I was sort of hearing, but not with my ears. It was more of a sighing sound, but with a little something more, as if someone were trying to get my attention. At first I became more alert as I had been trained to all my life, then I quickly realized that what I was trying to get my attention meant me no harm. I relaxed in my sunny, shady spot in my woods and just let the sound caress me like a lover's embrace. Nothing very physical, but just a whisper of a touch on my face and arms, a little on my legs, as if a woman were trying to get to know me a little more, like on a second or third date. There was no one else there that I could see, but the feeling persisted for a time until a car went by on the road at the end of my driveway, and I felt the entity shy away in fear. I never saw anyone physically. I still knew that someone or something had been there with me, and it felt good in a way I'd never felt. In all of my travels around the world, I had never had a true, from-the-heart relationship with anyone. I had my share of dalliances with human women, but they were only just to satisfy my carnal needs for the moment, as I was usually gone from wherever I was in short order. I always blended in and disappeared shortly thereafter, never to be seen again wherever I was at the time. In my new retired lifestyle, I never felt any urge to satisfy, satisfy any carnal needs with any of the locals. 
I hadn't met any that were even remotely attractive to me, although I truly didn't know what type of woman I would be attracted to at this stage of my life. I thought maybe I will know when I meet her, if I ever do. For now, I was content to play in the woods and try to sleep at night without the nightmares. After that day, I tried to recreate that same scenario again to no avail. As much as I would sit in my chair in the woods, that whispering feeling never returned, but the sense of being watched was still there. At first, I was very disappointed, but disappointment gave way to maybe I'd imagine it, and then eventually I moved on. I do have friends and acquaintances, and it was one such couple that decided that I needed a night out. They are the, they are the slightly busybody type who can't seem to why a person would prefer to live alone all the time. They would visit me on occasion to make sure I was all right and to make sure I didn't need anything. I allowed this as, again, I didn't want to arouse any suspicions. I told them the standard lies I told everyone else, but it seemed that the man didn't quite accept this for some reason. I could tell by his body language that he wanted to ask more about my past. I always deferred the question elsewhere. His wife, on the other hand, was largely clueless, and I worked hard to keep it that way. Then one weekend, she decided I needed to get out more. So happened that they had been invited to a pajama party. When I asked her what that was exactly, she said it was geared towards couples and singles looking for others to mingle together at a private location and run around dressed in PJs. I thought this was a little stupid, but I was a little bored with my routine and decided that this might be a fun change. I accepted the invitation. Little did I know how my life would change ever so dramatically with this one lapse in judgment. On the night of the so-called party... I drove my black pickup truck over to my friend's house where we would leave together, me following in my truck, to this house where the party was being held. As we arrived and tried to figure out where to park, there being a shortage of real estate to park all the cars, I tried once again to blend in at the same time working to park my truck somewhere in case I needed to quietly make a discreet getaway. It was that time of year when summer had already waned and the evenings got darker much sooner now with temps still pretty mild. Maybe a light jacket for those who don't like it to get a little chilled. I was dressed in standard t-shirt and jeans with no distinct logo showing and had brought a pair of pajamas to wear to keep with the party theme. On entering the house, we dropped our shoes to the door, but I left my boots out where I could get them in a hurry if needed. I typically wear scuffed up western style boots so I can get on and off quickly when needed. As we entered the main party room, I could see that I was in full swing. Revelers were everywhere, and it was feeling a little claustrophobic for me within the first few minutes. I told myself that I would just mingle carrying around a half glass full of some kind of beverage and fake smile my way until I could comfortably make an excuse to leave gracefully. Of course, the alcohol was flowing nicely, as the majority of the get-togethers like this were always BYB, bring your own booze. I saw people of all ages and physical shapes dressed in various types of pajamas and undress. The men were running around in boxers, pajama bottoms, and nightshirts, whereas the women were dressed in everything from long-flowing nightgowns to teddies that left little to the imagination. I didn't find this in any way amusing, as I thought these people must be so bored with their lives to want to attend a party like this. It was just a recipe for disaster regarding monogamous relationships. As I was single, I just stayed away from the obviously married women to stay out of trouble and to blend into a wall somewhere as quietly as I could. I will add that I never drink alcohol. I don't smoke. These bad habits would have gotten me killed in my former life, and I had no desire to let my guard down with all these strangers. My friends with whom I had arrived showed me a back bedroom where I could change into my pajama bottoms in order to be part of the party. So I quickly changed out of my street clothes and put on the PJs. 
Now, having been all over the world, nudity is not something I'm prudish about, so I had no problem with putting on my PJs and going commando underneath. Given the state of undress already underway, I didn't think anyone would notice. Out I go once again into the mix. As I returned back to the party room, I tried to stay sort of close to my friends, see what the social norms might be for this type of party, but it didn't take me long to figure out how things were going to turn out. By the time we returned to the main room, there were couples making out on the furniture and the floors, others just standing around or sitting around watching and playing with themselves, and others just hanging on to corners talking about who knows what while dressed in their nightclothes. As I wanted no part of any of that, I watched my friends to see what they were going to do. As I quietly observed, they quit paying attention to me and went over to some friends of theirs that I didn't know and started a couple swap, something I would have never guessed about them. At this point, I was ready to make my quiet getaway, but I couldn't quite figure out how yet to do that without arising suspicion without some recon. I decided that I would retreat to the back bedroom where my street clothes were and figure out a way to grab them and go. Maybe a back door, or at worst case, a window I could slip out of. I figured that I would wait until everybody was fully engrossed in their activities out front and then make my way out somehow. I snatched up my boots and quietly slipped back to the bedroom where I lay down on the bed to listen and try and calm down. After a few minutes, I heard the bedroom door open and I thought, "Uh uh-oh, busted. In walks a young woman who I had not seen before out front with the revelers. She shyly opened the door and peeked around a little bit before seeing me and entered quietly. No loud drunken cliches or admonishments about why I wasn't out with everyone else. As I looked at her, I thought I had the feeling that I had met her before, but I couldn't quite put my finger on it. She was of average height, thin and ethereal looking, light, long, brown hair with a slight green tint, a round face with the greenest eyes I had ever seen, and a body that reminded me of a sapling in the woods. Not a model from the cover of any magazine in any way, but beautiful to look at nonetheless. Then she smiled and asked if she could sit on the bed with me. That smile lit up the room as if the sun had come out from behind a cloud, and my heart lit up like a fire. I had never felt like this before with any woman. My heart started fluttering, and I got goosebumps on my arms, and I couldn't stop looking at her. As she sat down, she quietly asked me if it was all right if we talked a bit, and I was too tongue-tied to say no, even though through all my fight, flight, and freezing instincts were clamoring inside of me for attention. She had on a nightshirt that had dro- that dropped just down to mid-thigh, and I quickly noticed that she was also going commando underneath as I was. I immediately started feeling like I wanted to have sex with this young woman, and very soon. But ever cautious of a trap, I kept those thoughts under wraps as I tried to sort all this out. I was still enthralled by her and wanted nothing more to get to know her as much as possible in every way. I figured we had plenty of time as the folks out front were too deeply engaged in their activities by now think about any holdouts like us. I asked her why she had come back here to this bedroom. She said that she had been watching me for a long time and was given the opportunity to know me better in the physical sense rather than in a corporal way she had before. I thought that this was a bit odd to say, and as I hadn't seen her out front with the others, I puzzled over what she had just said. As I was thinking about this, she asked if she could move closer to me on the bed and touch me. I was in serious lust mode at this point, and I couldn't refuse. When she moved to sit in front of me on the bed, I got a good close-up look under her pajama top and noticed that her skin was a light nut brown with a light green tint with what appeared to be peach fuzz all over. Her breasts were rather small and not very prominent, much like a young maiden. She had the look of the fae about her as if she were used to being outdoors most of her life. 
I was reclining on the bed at this point, trying to decide my next move when she reached out and ran her fingers up my forearm. That was when I noticed that her fingers were a little thinner and longer than what I thought was normal. I also noticed that her feet were the same way, but decided to put that thought away for later. When she touched me, I felt that feeling I had from before when the unseen entity had crushed me in the woods while I sat in my chair that, that I still vividly remembered. I sat up with a start, and she shied back with apprehension. I assured her that I meant her no harm, and put my arms up, palms out to reassure her. In my quietest voice, I explained what had happened to me that day, and that her touch felt the same as that one in the woods. She asked if she could touch me again, only in more places, and I said yes. I wanted to know if she was the one who made me feel so wonderful that day that I have never forgotten. As she touched my hand, arm, and then my face, those feelings from long ago resurfaced anew, and then I realized that, somehow, this was the same unseen entity from my woods that day. I couldn't believe my eyes as I thought that she was the most beautiful woman in the world at this point. I couldn't take my eyes off her as I allowed her to touch me wherever she wished. I could tell that she knew I was in love with her by now and continued touching me without talking, but I could hear her in my head, the same whispering voice I remember from before. I sat enthralled by her as she continued to caress me. Then she suddenly reached into the front of my pajama bottoms and started caressing me in there. I was already standing at attention, but trying not to be too obvious. When she touched me, I nearly let go right then and there, but I managed to hold back with tremendous willpower. At this point, I asked if I could turn and return, and she said yes, as long as I didn't try to remove her nightshirt. As I ran my hands across her arms and thighs, she stopped touching me and just sat there with her eyes closed as I carefully caressed her. I could see on her face that she likely hadn't experienced this before, so I was a little apprehensive, apprehensive, but she said, don't stop. When I went to touch her breast, she looked at me as if she wasn't sure, so I stopped and asked her if she was okay. She said that she had seen female humans before and thought I might not like her. I told her in a soothing voice that I thought she was so beautiful just the way she was that I had no desire for anyone else. With that, her face lit up with her smile so just bright, I thought I was, she was going to jump on me for a minute. As I continued to caress her, she started to quiver with excitement, and I worried that if she was like other women, she might try cry out and give us away. Instead, she just settled back and closed her eyes with shivers of excitement. I could tell that she was starting to get to that point when I stopped and asked her if I should continue. She said she didn't know what to expect at this, as this was her first time making love with a human man. I thought that was an odd statement to make, as I was already still puzzling over the fact that this was the same invisible woman from my woods a while back. And she looked at me and smiled a little. She whispered to, whispered to me that she wanted me to enter her. As I had hesitated, she reached into my PJs again, grabbed me, and quickly moved close enough so that she could put me inside her. So with that, I let her do as she willed. As, this, as I suspected, I was her first. So I sat still, let her do as she wished. I continued to caress and touch her, and soon I felt her grab me tighter, shut her, and stop. Albeit very quietly, thankfully. As I, did, as I had not let go at this point, I stopped to let her decide what she wanted to do. She sat quietly and that she, she said quietly that she had never experienced this before and wanted more. So we continued until I finally let go of my own. Once we calmed down, I took her in my arms, laid her down next to me, and held her close for what seemed like an eternity. After a time, like likely only a few minutes, she said she had to leave as her time in this realm was up for now. 
Once again, I had to add another puzzle piece to those I already had from her and said, okay, I would help her get out of there and get her to where she needed to go. Once I was dressed, I asked her where her street clothes were, and she said she didn't have any. She had, without asking, borrowed the nightshirt from somebody out front as it looked like they wouldn't be using it anymore. I laughed and said, no problem. If she wanted to leave nude, I would accommodate her as best I could and find something of mine to wrap her in. I told her to wait for me while I tried to scout a way out and into my truck, and off I went in search of a quiet exit where I found the back door in the kitchen. When I went back to the bedroom to get her, she was nowhere to be found. I was perplexed at this point and started to quietly search for her without going out front, but she was gone. I decided I would sort that out later and exited out of that house as quickly and as quietly as possible and went home. The story doesn't end there. A couple of days later, I get a call from my friend's wife asking me how I like to party and why I disappeared so early. I explained that I didn't feel comfortable going stag to something like that and next time I would bring somebody, as if. She laughed and said that they had a wonderful time would be sure to invite me again if another party like that came up on their radar. I muttered platitudes to let her know, going, telling myself that there was no way on earth I would ever attend another party like that. All the while, I hadn't been able to sleep, eat, or do anything, but think about the young maiden that I had met and made love to at the party. I couldn't get over her. I kept thinking of her as some young local girl I hadn't met before that night, surged all over the area for some signs of her to no avail. It was as if she was never there. I was nearly heartbroken at this point for the first time in my life and didn't know what to do about it. Then one afternoon in late October as I was sitting in my chair in the woods asking the earth mother why I was still feeling so heartbroken over this young woman when I felt her again. I felt her soft touch on my cheek as the tears were rolling down and a hand in mine that felt so real that I looked around to see where she was. But there was just the whispering I had heard before and it sounded in my head and heart there was a voice, but not a voice. There was nothing to see but trees and grass rustling in the afternoon breeze. I became heartbroken anew, as if it were the day after our encounter that night back in September. As I sat there in misery and despair, of a sudden I heard an older woman's voice in my head telling me to be patient and to wait. I was stunned, but knew enough that this was bad to question the gods, something I had learned in my previous vocation. I muddled through another winter full of cold and snow, but my heart wasn't in it anymore. I didn't go riding through the woods as I used to, nor enjoy the first snowfall with winter anymore. That winter was the, winter was the longest I can remember. I was so glad it was finally over and the signs of spring were finally arriving. As the snow gave way to green and growing things, I noticed something different in my woods. A certain young tree had arrived out of nowhere, and all I could think of was how beautiful it was and why had I not seen it before now. When I touched the trunk and caressed the branches ever so slightly, like I had been with my young maiden from that magical night, the little tree shivered in what looked like ecstasy, and I felt that same caressing touch from the branches as if she were there standing next to me. As I stood there in wonderment, her whispering voice without words came to me while I had my hand on her trunk, letting me know that she wanted more. As I had no idea how to make love to a tree, I just stood there in utter confusion. After a while, she quieted down and seemed to lean toward me as if to have me hold her close. I thought, since it's only me here, why not? I gave her a hug and felt that heart tug once again. Not knowing what to do at this point, I left her there to think about all I had transpired. Not, no matter how much I thought about it, I could only come up with one conclusion. She was a tree dryad, a tree spirit that somehow had fallen in love with me while I traveled and meditated in her woods. 
The Earth Mother had hinted to me that she had a plan for us last fall and that I had to be patient. Now that I remember what she told me, I became excited for the first time in months. I vowed that I would visit with her and caress her as if she were my lover once again every day. I know it sounds ridiculous, but as I was living alone, who cared? Maybe I was going a little off my head from living alone for so long, but I didn't care at this point. I made a point to visit her every day, rain or shine, and talk to her as if she were my wife. I would make love to her whenever she wanted by touching and caressing her trunk and branches, and life felt wonderful. My heart was full of life and love, and I had entered a new phase in my life. My friends, whenever I saw them, would remark on how I had a noticeable spring to my step and a smile on my face that spring for the first time since I had moved there. Then one evening, a little before the end of April, just as the sun was touching the land before disappearing for the night, she came to me. I was sitting in my chair next to her tree, as always. She walked out of the tree to sit in my lap, naked and welcoming. I couldn't blame my eyes for a minute, but recovered quickly to hold her tight and tried not to let go. Once we separated from our first kiss since that night of the party, I asked her the obvious question, how? She explained that I had guessed correctly and that she was a dryad that had fallen in love with me because I was handsome to her eyes and cared for her and her sisters and for the Earth Mother as much as possible and that I had treated her so lovingly that one night she was allowed to come to me. She had gotten pregnant that night and gave birth to the tree that she now inhabited. The Earth Mother had taken pity on us as I cried in the woods last fall and offered her a choice back then, remain with the tree or be a part of my life. She told the Earth Mother that she wasn't sure yet and wanted to make sure I was still in love with her as before, before making her decision. When I found her and the, and the little tree and become and when I found her and the little tree and became so attentive towards her, treating her as my wife instead of just another little tree, she knew that she could feel safe enough with me to be a part of my life, but there were conditions. In order for her to come to me as she had this evening, I also must return to the tree, return her to the tree before sunrise every day. She could be mine between sunset and sunrise only. If I tried to keep her away from the tree, she and the tree would die. Then the earth mother would bring misery down upon me wherever I went if I allowed this to happen. I knew that I loved her beyond a shadow of a doubt and with all my heart. There will be no other for me ever. So I agreed so to her terms and that is where we stand to this day. During the day, I visit her as much as my daily life allows, talk to her about the day's events. At night, I retrieve her from the tree. We make love as sweetly as if it were our first time together. I hold her all night and make sure she returns before sunrise without fail. And for that, the Earth Mother has granted me an extended life so that we may be together for the rest of our days as long as I take good care of her. She has allowed that since we love each other so truly, we should be allowed to grow old together as husband and wife. She gets pregnant every fall, and our children sprout up in the woods every spring behind our house, where I tend them with all the love a father can give towards his children. Since trees live longer than humans, I suspect I will live to see a lot of things change in this world. I have largely mollified my gossipy neighbors, telling them that my family is notoriously long-lived. But no matter what happens out there, I will do whatever I have to to protect my family. It doesn't matter to me anymore what happens on the outside world as I have my life here in my woods with my little house, my children, and my beautiful wife, a tree dryad for whom I will love for all of eternity. The End